0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Power From Port podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and on today's episode, I'll be previewing Port Adelaide's Clash versus Geelong in the qualifying final in season 2021 to be played at Adelaide Oval at 7.20pm Central Standard Time this Friday night. But before I do, I've got a special guest on today's episode, so I'd like to introduce Aaron. Hello, Aaron. day, guys. So for those who don't know, Aaron is my brother and just as equally a devout Port Adelaide supporter and he's going to help me run through everything from in the news down to the best bet. So I look forward to uh, delving into everything Port Adelaide for this week. So we'll start with the week in the news. So the first point of call I have is the capacity limit on Adelaide Oval. So as we know, it is limited to 15,000 seats, 15,000 tickets, however way you want to put it. Obviously a little bit disappointing, uh, especially I was talking to someone at work today about how I don't feel that the situation at hand in South Australia now is really any different to the start of the season where I believe crowd capacity was at 50%. So the 25,000 roughly mark, Uh, we've had three to four weeks of low COVID numbers in SA, We've had matches played at LA Oval at 15,000 with no community transmissions and here we are still wondering if the capacity will be lifted last minute, uh, which I hope it will because as you know, we uh, missed out on tickets when they were released, yeah. flying the flag for us and going about getting the tickets, grouping us together. But yeah, he called me on, was it Monday that they went on sale? Yeah. yeah and he wasn't too, he wasn't too impressed. Yeah, he was,
1: was uh, pretty annoyed. Probably waiting for the day, expecting to get them. But yeah, yeah like you said, yeah, it's not that different to the, the start of year, but it seems that they're moving at a much slower pace. It seemed that it just sort of increased in a matter of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in the start of the season. Yeah,
0: I, I it, doesn't make sense to me and it fuels the theories of some people where they're aiming for a zero case, like, yeah. all the time, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you want to act in the best interest of the community and I don't think this is limited to football. I think everything should be relaxed in terms of COVID restrictions at the moment, like pubs and clubs, music venues, everything, yeah. not just football, so... We're holding out hope for a, a last minute uh, capacity increase. I mentioned that we missed out on tickets as a group, but fortunately enough uh, for me, yeah, a friend of mine messaged me the other day and he managed to get a couple of corporate box tickets from his work. So thankfully enough, I get to go. Uh, it's a fantastic opportunity and I jumped at it, uh, you know, super quickly. I didn't have to have my arm bent around or anything like that. Uh, but I feel for everyone who has missed out. Uh, my gut kind of, yeah, my heart sank the other day. Not uh, getting a ticket, but uh, yeah, 15,000, like Jonas said on AFL 360 will sound much closer to 65,000 oh, yeah. than any other club supporters. So yeah, we'll Especially wait and at the see. Especially the fortress Yeah, we'll wait and see. Bill and Gave a little nugget of hope that capacity might be increased, but we'll wait. We'll That's it. Wait. Fingers, Fingers crossed. Yeah. So the next thing we move on to, obviously, we've got a small sample size of news this week being Wednesday. We usually got a four week, but there's a little bit packed into the first few days of this week. The next point of call is the All-Australian squad. So we've got three deserving members of the Port Adelaide Football Club represented in the All Australian squad of forty, those being Carl Amon, Ollie Wines, and Alir Alir Like I said, all very deserving members. I'm not quite sure if all three will make the team. Uh, particularly Carl Amon being a winger, and the All Australian team. Yeah. Generally being chock full of inside and outside midfielders. Hmm just because they feel sorry for them and yeah. things like
1: that. and Not to say he's not deserving. I was actually pretty surprised with Carl Amon uh, to get a, a pick out of the entire um, yeah, the entire association. That's uh, like, yeah, absolute commendium.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when you're looking at pure wingers, uh, it's him and Paul Seesman for me, uh, as much as it pains me to give credit to an Adelaide Crows player. But, yeah. you know, and... You pick the all Australian team. In my opinion, you should pick it as if you were going to pick it to play a, te- a test match. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't pick eight, nine, ten inside midfielders. Exactly. Yeah, if you were playing against another country. You'd fill week. every position. Um, you'd pick. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, this brings me to my next point, which is the lack of Travis Boak, uh not only people within the Port Adelaide community, but people outside the community, Port Adelaide community, like Scott Pendlebury from Collingwood, even Gary Lyon on on the couch on Monday night made mention of his omission from the squad of 40. And just the fact that he, he has put in a fantastic season. He's generally the one tagged if a team puts a tag on. And the fact that he has beaten those tags this year mm. uh, just goes to show that Like, he's backed up. Last year he finished second in the Brownlee. He's backed it up well and deserves a bit of recognition. Maybe not in the final 22, but at least in the squad of 40. In saying that, the squad of 40, I feel, is fairly diluted. It is more or less just to build anticipation for the final 22. However, I'm a big American sport fan and uh, with NBA, the NFL, like, they pick a first-ring team for the season in recognition, but they generally pick second and sometimes even third string teams yeah. uh, for recognition. And uh, given that an NBA team, there's only five players on the court, um, there's more room to move, I guess, in that sense, where you know, there's 22 spots on a AFL team. Uh, but I've advocated for a, a second string team in AFL for a while now. I mean, all they would have to do, four extra spots, in that, you know, from a squad of 40 to a, a squad of 44. Yeah. They wouldn't release the second string team first. Because yeah. Because then you would kind of know who would make the first team. You yeah. You the other way around. And I guess for me, it would give further recognition for the people who are picked in that larger squad, because as it stands now, you get picked in the squad 40, but then once the final 22 is picked, yeah, you kind of just forget about yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. it
1: you, yeah. Almost like it doesn't matter. Yeah. In you, a way.
0: You have to, uh, go through the, the wikipedia page like if you look yeah. specifically for their that particular player's accolades over the career is when you would find that stuff out but yeah i feel that i've said it before you you're doing it that way you pick each team based on their position yeah two wingers you know four yeah. midfielders a ruckman, yeah. half forwards full forwards all kitten all. And, and then the second team is picked much the same. Call it a reserve side, yeah. second string side, second uh, 22, whatever you want yeah. to do. But I feel that having that accolade would stay with you a bit longer, and you could recall upon it mm. a bit, have a bit more esteem as opposed yeah. to. A- Squad of 40 representative. For yeah,
1: it makes the positions more relevant too. You can have a defender getting all these incredible contested possessions, but yeah. he's put out of it because there was just, you know, a few too many midfielders or whatever. But having <laughs> yeah. that, all those positions, yeah, it sort of just puts more appreciation to the ones who put in that hard effort, including the best in the comp.
0: I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So uh, we'll wait to see whether Carl gets picked. I'm not expecting it. Doesn't change how much of a great season he's had. Exactly, yeah. Opinion, but just, it's it's uh, good
1: to see it recognised from uh, that high level. Yeah,
0: yeah, considering who it was four years ago. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a question without notice. So you've got Alir lear Jake Lever, Stephen May, and Jacob Weavering. Yeah. Does Alir get picked in the back line?
1: Yeah, look, I. Th- I think so for the start and end of his season. Yeah. He only really had a couple of games uh, where he was off, yeah. but I don't watch enough of the other teams to know. Um, yeah. but I think seeing how much he's been in the news and that, maybe it's a change of role, but I think people love him as a defender. Yeah,
0: I kind of agree. I've mentioned on the pod before where uh, he had a few quiet weeks when we were playing that big group of games at Marvel Stadium. mm but I felt that it might have been a bit of a role change too. And in the game against Collingwood in particular, he got he got a severe knee to the guts. Yeah. By Brody Grundy Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether that plays a part in that match in particular. But yeah, I thought it might have been a bit of a, a role change. But he's definitely mm. finished the season off well, like you said. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he does. He'll be up there in the recruit of the year. Yeah. To have an AA. Oh. nomination. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cap it off. Uh, the next point I wanted to. Mentioned just quickly was we had the Hall of Fame night last night. A lot of Port Adelaide people have been advocating For Russell Ebert to get lifted into the legend status Mostly due to the fact that he is fairly ill at the moment uh, And it would just be a nice Piece of recognition while he is still here to kind of accept it More often than not legends are kind of upgraded
1: posthumously yeah yeah yeah.
0: so as honorable as it it would be and he's super worthy he's already obviously in the hall of fame that's why they're advocating for the legend status and he's god in our our eyes you know (laughs) probably the generation yeah yeah more uh, more so but um in the grand scheme of things i mean former gary medals and the yeah the huge list of achievements yeah. yeah yeah exactly um but he didn't get it uh they, and they and i do like these days they kind of divide it up you know you generally got a wa representative an SA representative, Victoria yeah. representative. they had a female representative get uh, put into the hall of fame last night yeah so, nice. oh, i like that whereas at the start of the afl when for the first 10 to 15 years it was very victorian centric, yeah. and it's now we're getting recognition i mean Michelangelo Rucci on SEN today said that Foss Williams isn't even a legend. I believe he's in the Hall of Fame, but he's yeah. not a legend
1: yet. And yeah. Uh, you,
0: yeah, you know, Russell Ebert, Foss Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Especially ones
1: Especially ones of so long ago you can see how the yeah, the Victorian Groups of today could forget anyone outside of Victoria. They'd obviously remember the Victorian teams. People talk about it. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But no one in Victoria, not That's many it. people in Victoria are talking about the ones who played in the 1960s and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a shame, but
0: yeah. In saying that, Jack Odie got the nod last night, and obviously the best player in the SNFL grand final is yeah, right. Jack Odie medalist, so. Uh, I don't know a whole shed load about him, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we know that his impact on South Australian football in particular is yeah. quite vast, so it's, it's not undeserving at all. Yeah. The last point of the news just came in just before recording was Gillan McLaughlin's uh, press conference just sealing, oh, not, not necessarily sealing the deal on the GFNU, he's kind of Whittled it down to two, so it's going to be in Perth of up to stadium. If the MCG can no longer host, it's no, no longer feasible, yeah. For the MCG to host, and I mean, many people would say that it's, yeah. looking at it realistically, we're already there, aren't
1: we? Yeah, I think so. I think but, people are holding out hope for something major to change, but I think that would be at the prime ministerial level, <laughs> and
0: yeah, I mean, they had, <laughs> I think they had 45 UK this is today yeah so um, <laughs> yeah and I believe it's is it September 2 is when they make they're going to make a call I think that's the right day um, so what's that a week and I a, bit? Is that yeah. a week today something like that before the next week of finals so yeah virtually um, a week yeah yeah uh, disappointing that Adelaide Oval didn't get it with the capacity as we touched on before it, yeah yeah exactly. And hiding to nothing is pretty disappointing in that regard. Yeah. Be great if it was here. So, anyway, let's move on to the game, shall we? All right. So, the last time we met, the scoreline read Port Adelaide 14 goals, 7, 91, defeated by Geelong 17 goals, 10, 112. Connor Rosie and Charlie Dixon led the goal kickers for Port with five goals, one and four goals, one respectively Ollie Wise with 29 disposals, Travis Spoke with 27 disposals Jeremy Cameron with five goals for Geelong and Tom Hawkins with four goals, four Tom Stewart, 23 disposals and Mitch Duncan with 20 disposals So our form leading into this match We are 5-0 and o. as everyone knows you could extend that out to 6-0 and o actually But just over the last five weeks, we have an average winning margin of 31 points with an average score four of 91 and an average score against at 60. Geelong's form over the last five weeks is three and two, with an average winning margin of twenty-four, and an average losing margin of twelve. Their average score four is seventy-six with an average score against of sixty-seven. Now, being a Wednesday, we don't have the ins and outs just yet. So it's more or less a vibe uh, <laughs> from, the, from this point on. Uh, but we do have some indicators of where the team may lie. We've had yeah. Tom Jonas have a press conference today. We've had the coaches speak to the media as well. So uh, possibility that Aratio Fantasia will come in for Port and Mitch Georgiatis may be left out uh, with that hamstring complaint from Friday night's game. Yeah. Uh, Geelong also... I'm sure, but Chris Scott said today that Mitch Duncan will be playing, so he's had uh, a knee issue for most of the second part of the season. So, not sure who comes out of that Geelong team yet, but uh, we'll wait and see tomorrow. And if Mitch Duncan comes in, that's pretty important for them. He's a a key player. As I said, he was their second league disposal getter for them in our last game Mm. against Geelong. So...
1: Yeah, I think a pretty good hypothesis there uh, going on Jonas's uh, press conference earlier today. Um yeah, even he said it's he doesn't expect George Yardis to come in obviously depending on how he performs training the next day or two. Yeah. Um he could be fantastic, he's young, he could recover quick, but at the same time, uh you know He's locked in for the next game. If he's a possibility this time, anyway, we're not going to not put him in. He's the second highest goalkeeper, yeah, yeah. for the year. So if we can give him a rest, I don't think he'd he'd be offended. You know, like you said, we've got it at Fantasia. No,
0: and you gotta, you got to just cop the whack you get exactly, um, especially with injuries. Selection. And yeah. we're in such a strong position now with everyone coming back into top health and and pretty good form, yeah, as well. But like we were talking about uh, off air. They didn't risk Fantasia last week because of a hamstring complaint, and they yeah. didn't risk Trent McKenzie the week before because of a hamstring complaint. Yeah. So Both
1: wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: well, that's exactly right. A full healthy team. So, yeah. read the tea leaves, and would probably suggest George gets a game on the sidelines yeah. this Friday night. So... My keys to the match, uh, I'm going to start out in the midfield because I feel that that's, I mean, you could say this for any game, but this is where the game starts. It's where the games won or lost. So, first of all, I've got Willem Drew going to Selwood. So, as we know from watching Friday Night's game, I predicted that Drew would go to Bontepelli. He didn't. He went to Tom Ligatore, who is their biggest clearance player. And in reflection, it actually made a lot of sense. Yeah. Cutting off their source. Uh, Bontopelli is really impactful around stoppage, but on, on the outside, he can, he can definitely win his contested ball and, yeah. and get glimpses himself. But Liber is their big yeah. defensive player. So, in that regard, yeah, I've got Willem Drew going to Joel Selwood because although Selwood is in the Twilight his career, and I believe he plays his 36th final on Friday, yeah, right. which is amazing. Uh, yeah biggest finest player in my experience is Stephen Motlop with thirteen. Mm, That's not even most, for our team. The <laughs> yeah. That played yeah. Um, so Selwood is their leading contested possession player, their leading score involvements player, and their leading clearance player, which again, if you're going to cut the source off, you're looking for their biggest clearance player and, and Joel Selwood is that. So it's a decent matchup in my opinion, too, because Willem is uh, not big and beefy. Uh, he's fairly uh, well rounded, I guess yeah. you could say. And so is Joel Selwood. Fairly nimble. Yeah. Not huge. So it actually looms as a pretty decent matchup.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it as well. Especially just going on what you've said. Uh, we know Selwood's a big ball winner, but if if Drew hasn't been around it all year, I know who has. Um, outside of Oliwans and Boki anyway, that goes without saying. I love love Drew. They've pretty much been our midfield trio, excluding Ruckman for the year, and it's just worked fantastic. And I think, like you said, going off what he did last week with Libba, it would be perfect for Selwood. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, Drew's just had a fantastic season. Mm. I keep going on about it in this podcast. It's It's hard
1: not to with young players as well, when they come out like
0: that, you know. Yeah, right. well and with Tom Rockliffe being out uh, all this season, it's given him a real opportunity to flourish and mm. have the pressure not not have the pressure to looting over him that if he doesn't play well, yeah, you know, something else could take his spot. It's just yeah, free reign. And Selwood, as we know, he can draw a free kick a lot of yeah. the time. But I think Drew's actually fairly smart in the way that he attacks yeah. the contest and attack the opposition yeah. by I've noticed that when he tackles, I've mentioned his wingspan tackle, yeah, uh, and he kind of comes into the contest with his arms extended out, yeah, and he just he just wraps the opposition yeah. up. But I've noticed as well is sometimes players now they'll feign to take possession and then they'll let let go at the last minute to try and draw a holding the man free kick. Yeah, but I've noticed with Willem that he's actually very smart in watching the player when they let go of the ball, he lets go of the tackle. Yeah whereas a lot of players get tricked into taking the tackle all the way. So if Drew can avoid the duck from Selwood, um, I think you'll keep him fairly accountable. My next point is Lysette to bash up Stanley. Um, So last game around, Lysette was out with his suspension. I believe it was the last week that uh, he was serving his suspension. Yeah, it was. And Reece Stanley also didn't play for Geelong. There was Pete Laddams up against Osava Radicalia and yeah. Mike Blixar's pinch-hitting in the ruck. So uh, just the way it works out against Geelong and Reece Stanley is, he's like, you watch Reece Stanley and he's a baby deer. I swear, 21 games of the season. But the one game that we play Reece Stanley, he, it's like, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He drinks the... The cooler. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, the he, drink, he
1: drinks the, the Matic stuff from Space Jam. Space Jam, jam. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, a different dynamic this time around. Obviously, we've still got Laddams, but we've yeah. got the Lysette Laddams punch, and I'm really liking it at the moment. They've really combined well recently, and yeah. Lysette's now had that great extended run yeah. post-suspension, yeah. coming back into some good form that he was in pre-suspension. And Laddams has just built up his experience. Like, we forget how little experience Pete Laddams has actually had. Yeah, exactly. In the grand scheme of things. And he had his work experience while Lysette was out. And he has come up against the likes of Brady Grundy, I believe, in his yeah. first week. Yeah. Um, so... I feel that he's building confidence
1: and yeah. builds into the game, I think, Pete Laddams. Yeah, he does. And it'd be awesome, obviously, to see it from the start. I mean, we want that sort of from the whole team judging the last two games. But I was going to mention it in, yeah, later in the forwards. But yeah, I think him having consecutive weeks, not being in and out and in and out and yeah. in and out, he's getting that confidence. <laughs> not only in yourself, because you keep getting picked, but it's just having, like you say, people who play finals, <laughs> no finals. People who play AFL know AFL. Yeah. So you get that more time on the field, you just get so much, so much more comfortable and just do your thing.
0: Yeah, and Pete actually played in the qualifying final last year against yeah 2, right. which I forgot about. But I watched some vision today. So he's got a few encounters to fall back on. But just having that big brute of Scott yeah, I know, as the main guy. I mean, yeah. Lysett had 40 hit-outs yeah. uh, against the Bulldogs on Friday. albeit yeah. against... Yeah, very inexperienced Ruckman, but you've got Lysette who can bash someone up and really wear them down. Yeah. And then you've got Laddins who can actually jump. Yeah. He can actually uh, find the ball at ground level. Yeah. He tends to rack up a fair amount of possessions. Yeah. And then, like you said, he can go forward and impact.
1: Mm. Even the last two weeks, uh, yeah, there's been a couple of misses just like any forward, but... He's got a few goals on the board. and Yeah. Both of his so goals trip. he
0: kicked up, I believe, were both in that third quarter. Yeah. Last, against the Bulldogs, which in that third quarter we needed to respond. It was impacting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd like him to clump his marks earlier in the game. Yeah. That's what I mean, I feel that he works into a game. Yeah. So if he takes an early one, potentially kicking an early goal too, mm. you know he's on. You know he switched on. Yeah. And then they may bring in Radigalia, who's his big body. Mm. And because house is required more back now yeah. that Tom Stewart is out. Uh, well, and that's it. Like,
1: like, they don't have enough, as much room to move. If they do bring Radical Ear in, that's yeah. going to be a bit of a shaker. will yeah, pinch it up uh, But I feel
0: that, yeah, if Lysette puts the work in early, they're old in general. general yeah. So yeah. I feel that we can get the advantage of, as the game wears on. Yeah. So the key statistics I generally run with in my reviews of the midfield and they're generally the statistics that if we win these stats, we win the game. It's it's pretty much as simple as that in, in a Port Adelaide sense. So clearances, the last time around we played Geelong, we drew 38 to 38. We won the centre clearance 16 to 14, but we lost the stoppage clearances 22 to 24. We also lost contested possession, 126 to 116. So those are the big two. Yeah. Uh, I believe we're 16 from 16 winning uh, in a winning regard What if we win those two stats. So much like we lost those stats against the Bulldogs the last time we played them, they would have relied on us to do that again to yeah. give them the best chance on Friday yeah. night. And Geelong this Friday night, that would have to be a a repeat occurrence to give them the best chance. And I feel that contested game is probably near its best the season. Everything just seems to be moving in that upward trend again at the right time of the year. Yeah.
1: Even right at the start of the year, the only thing that people had to criticise our our team about because we looked all right was in the contest. And, yeah, like you just said, it just sort of got better and better. And even Ken addressed it in one of the press conferences after a game. Um, and, like, yeah, that was sort of the one thing we need to focus on. And yeah, we we seem to be definitely getting there in this last half of the season anyway. Yeah,
0: I think having some of those injured players back definitely helps. Mm. Like Zach Butters and, and Desmond's an outside winger player, but Rosie is in better form and he's rotating through there, picking up a lot more possessions. Yeah. Uh, it takes the load off, and again, you can put a tag to Travis Boak like they, they did in that game against us last time uh, at yeah. Red Oval, but you've got Wines there. You've got Drew, who can be accountable, but he can also get the ball himself. Yeah. But now you've got Zach Butters, who's very creative and very nimble, very yeah. smart. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pegging us to at least even the contested possession up Uh, if not win it, I feel it could be one of those games where we could lose it again but win and buck that trend. Yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, we could win and lose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a final. Yeah. Um, It's going to be tight. It's going to be contested. We know that. uh, Yeah. Finals generally are. Uh, So, but we've got the evidence there. You win those two key stats, you generally win the game. So that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
2: um,
0: no. Of course, we have to focus on uh, everything else. So with those two matchups I mentioned, I don't think got, you can't tag a Dangerfield. Mine's yeah. Like you can't really tag an Ollie Wines in the form that he's this. Yeah, just,
1: exactly. They're huge. Yeah. They're
0: explosive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think... So in that regard, I think Ollie Wines and Patrick Dangerfield will match up. Yeah, together most of the night. They'll yeah, go head to head and try and win it themselves. Yeah, I feel that Dangerfield's probably not as in a good form as historically he has been. Yeah, um, he sat on the bench for like eight minutes in the last quarter against Melbourne on the weekend, and Chris Scott said that he was crook, but he's also had a couple of injuries this mm, year. Yeah, uh, so it, it's a watch for him. Hopefully, he has a bad game. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's Patrick Dageford, so Yeah,
1: exactly, playing. yeah. I love to hate him. Um, he turns it up when he needs to turn it up exactly. a lot of the time. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, so and, and then that leaves Guthrie, who is their second in contested possession and score involvements, and then Mitch Duncan, who is another senior head, Yeah, one of their better players on the ground last time we played. So, formidable midfield, and uh, mm. again, this is what they've worked towards for to long. Uh, they've played... In a lot of finals, they've got a lot of experience on that list. So, we're going to have to be on top of our game. I feel that we're getting them at a good time. Yeah. In regards to our list and our form. But you've got to do the job. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep them accountable and keep winning the ball ourselves and driving it forward. Yeah. So, moving on to the defensive end. It's going to take a whole defensive effort. Last time, I mean, and this is quite an anomaly. It was a very high-scoring match the last time we played in round 13. I mean, just off the top, what's that, 200-odd points total?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Where, as everyone knows, Geelong is a very slow, like, controlled game plan that generally play. They like to kick the ball around and keep the ball off of you. So they, I I feel they, they found us, like, They took advantage of us on turnover mostly and transitioned from Mm. their defensive half. So I've mentioned before that I feel that we play our best footy when we're pressing up forward. Yeah. Playing a real lock-in forward half game. Yeah. But we have practiced a defensive half transition game, particularly in the first half of the season. And that game in particular against Geelong earlier this season, it just seemed very, very easy for them to get it over. Yeah. <clears throat> our press. Yeah. And transition it. A lot of the times we found them just running into open 50s and yeah. kicking some fairly straightforward goals, getting good looks at it yeah. from within that 25 meter yeah. to goal mark. So, and looking at our defensive unit last time, it's the same seven players. Yeah. So, Amelia, yeah. You- Mackenzie, Jonas, DBJ. Burton, Houston, and even Bonner was playing in that game too. Yeah, right. Probably not in as good a form as he is now. Yeah, but again, that could be said for Burton, DJ, and and Houston was having his shoulder complaints yeah. at the time. Yeah,
1: we had a couple of uh, quiet games there yeah. as well. Yeah, I feel
2: it was in his
1: mind. Yeah, I remember watching that game. You and Dad pointed out um, they had an interesting setup. If we got you know, the kick from their goal square uh, back into into the field, you know, so they kicked it behind. They had this interesting setup that covered their 50 yeah, in a way that we hadn't really right. seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, and it seemed to work yeah, for them for the game. the first half of the night especially. Mm-hmm. And so you can only hope that sort of the, the uh, coaching squad has looked at that and sort of adjusted what our game plan will be to get it out if that happens again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... I- that, yeah, I forgot about that. It was a very unique setup. They had like four or five players all lined up about 25 metres out, so you couldn't really run the ball out yeah. of that kicking. Yet. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it turned into a shootout, and I, it's just the way the game rolled on. It, it's a very, it is a bit of an anomaly looking at our games over the last few years against Geelong. So in that regard, and being a final, I do expect it to be tight and contested and our midfield to be a bit more accountable. Yeah. We've practised our defensive end game. We've had half a season playing our forward half game. Once we figured out what the Bulldogs were trying to do on Friday and getting over, and they yeah. did get over a couple of times early, we got away from them. So I feel it's going to be ahead of the ball. The midfield's going to have to be really accountable and, and make it easier for our defensive end because yeah. they're very good. I mentioned in my review podcasts on Monday, like, they're in great form. Yeah. Solid across the board now. Yeah, events, exactly. So, and we can rely on them at the last line more often than not. Yeah. They're quite formidable in that regard, but we can't keep exposing them to that. To
1: yeah, that exactly. We don't, we don't want to rely on yeah. that being the case. With
0: the likes of uh, Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, we, do, we all know their class. Yeah. It's, Nine goals against us <clears throat> last time. Uh, I think Mackenzie and Jonas will yes. tag team Hawkins, yeah. And the probably more suited to Karen being a little bit more slight, yeah. And with the form that he's in, I really hope uh, for a great game by him, yeah, uh, in a final. Probably it's probably actually one of his worst games for the season against Geelong that yeah. I witnessed. He just an uncharacteristic. Turnovers by foot yeah. from him I think he's featuring in the Marks that just made some vital mistakes at some crucial times yeah. and again they hurt us on the turnover yeah. as a result
1: and so, I think that was in that just couple of weeks period you know it was only a small time we mentioned before with the Australian squad that earlier was off a bit yeah. and so whatever it might have been we've not seen that anymore so you can only hope that that trend lately just goes straight on to this game on yeah, Friday yeah
0: I don't know if it was. Their worst, uh, it was a week after the ball, Yeah, a, I don't know if. Yeah, it was on the back foot, like you know. Yeah. And Geelong bringing a great intensity in that game. Uh, everyone knows they're after by record and it's pretty terrible. So they tried to make amends and they did. They beat us. So yeah. Uh, Obviously, it's really interesting playing Geelong in a qualifying final two years in a row because they belted us during the season last year and then we had a great plan to push Hawkins wide to the pockets. So, obviously, he still had a lot of shots on goal, hmm. but low percentage shots. And it's, it's going to be interesting because Mackenzie and Jones are shorter than Hawkins. They rely on that strategy and their are smart, defensive smarts. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see if we employ that same game plan, mm. and alternatively, <clears throat> if Geelong are preparing for that game plan. Yeah, um, having a bit more firepower this season, I, I would say that they're going to try to because, it, because you yeah generally you want to block up the corridor, you want to block up um, yes this narrow corridor in front of goals exactly so, yeah uh, yeah just I mean it's great to talk about court in finals in consecutive years, but then to be against Geelong, you could say you. Qualifying finals. Uh, I'll be watching that defensive structure and where Hawkins gets his looks at it. Yeah, um, hopefully not many. Yeah, they.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So, like I said before, our smaller defenders are in better form in Burton, Houston, DBJ, and Bonner. Uh, Burton and DBJ, I feel, are the more lockdown defenders. Yeah. Houston is great in his own regard, um, but more that rebounder yeah. user by foot. So, I feel they're going to probably lock down on um, Gary Rowan, who is their nimble explosive small yeah boy, yeah, who also piled on a few goals against us last time too uh, so done with the defense, we'll move down forward now, and it's really interesting prospect, so Tom Stewart went out with a precarious injury not that long ago, and many consider him their their barometer. Yeah, yeah. Say it's the word that gets used ad nauseum in the AFL landscape. But uh, he's their number one for marks at at Geelong. And, uh, you know, he – in that game, it was frustrating because they hurt us on the turnover, but we had ample opportunity forward of the ball. Uh, But we just kept kicking it to their defenders, it seemed like. Yeah. In Tom Stewart. Henry and Blixarves, they yeah. just seem to be we seem to be lacing them out straight away. And Tom Stewart, that's his role. He's known for that intercept mark and rebound. He's yeah. one of their biggest meters game players, along with Zach Tui, who is also out. So it, it leaves a bit of a hole in their defensive end. Yeah, Tom Stewart was an all Australian as well. It's it's a fairly high quality player missing from their back line. And again, with we were talking about the ruck. Situation before yeah. with blitz pitch yeah, exactly. Pitch hitting last time, but now with their lack of uh, Tom Stewart, yeah, he's going to uh, have to stay in to be that back line, more accountable mm. in the back line. Uh, to go on top of that, uh, with our forward structure being so potent and in some pretty good even form, yeah, uh, like it. They don't have a key post defender. Like yeah, a key, key It's a lot of mid-sized defenders. Yes, yeah. a lot like us. Uh, a lot like us, particularly last year. I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, you know they have Henderson and the players that I've already mentioned. Because uh, they they used to have Harry Taylor, but it wasn't until the first round of this season, actually, when they got beaten by Adelaide that yeah. I realised that no Harry Taylor leaves a big void and. Yeah, you need a key defender to take on at least one of the opposition's key forwards. And I feel that if you can expose them in the middle and get those clearances, uh, especially centre clearances, that is a weak spot for them. Yeah. Much like my sentiments against the Bulldogs, it's it's probably their weaker line. Yeah. Uh, If you are singling out like a a one-on-one.
1: Yeah. Well, especially looking at this game going forward, obviously with Tom Stewart, but yeah, like we just outlined the midfield and our defence are gonna to have to do a lot of hard work, implying that yeah, like it's definitely where they prospered uh, this year, but uh yeah, I guess we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of work for them to do and they're a well drilled. Team. Yeah. Uh, Chris Scott's a fairly smart coach. Yeah. Uh, as much, uh, I mean, I don't like the guy. He's probably one of the biggest whingers in the AFL too. Yeah. yeah. He can never, he never pays credit to the opposition. Win win yeah,
1: the I know. Uh, you never see Ken like say, and the other team didn't deserve the win. Yeah. Not that Chris Scott says that. You know, it's yeah. It's always the opposite for Ken. He'll say, you know, it was it was a good yeah. side they deserved or to whatever. Credit to him. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: I like that about Ken. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't like Chris Scott. Funnily enough, he could have been our coach yeah, yeah. at the time. We just couldn't afford what he wanted. Uh, but, but yeah, he he's smart. Yeah. He, smart. He, he has out-coached us on occasions, and it's and a whole coaching group yeah. kind of thing, but yeah. he's the key figurehead, and I expect them to have a plan, but... Our forward line is probably one of the most potent on paper yeah. in the league.
1: Um, I think it's probably where the selections uh, are struggling most to sort of decide who's in and out. Yeah, this week being a little easier with yeah. George Artis being out, but, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Marshall's going to have to lift in that aspect. Yeah. I'm a big Marshall fan myself, as you know. And yeah. I've mentioned it on this podcast a few times. Uh, yeah. He'll, he'll be playing that West Off role all around the ground, but. We don't have the high flyer in Mitch Georgiades. So or the way we're yeah. kind of predicting it to go.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we won't have Mitch Georgiades who can kind of crash a pack
1: or take yeah. a high
0: mark. So, yeah. yeah. If Marshall can get isolated, he's very smart yeah. himself. That's where it kind of balances Mitch yeah. Georgiades as the explosion and Marshall has the smarts. Yeah. And he kicked out vital goal in the qualifying final last year. Yeah, right. Uh, very important from 50 metres. So... Um again, he'll be drawing on those those memories and those situations. Yeah. And yeah. Uh Dixon and Rosie <clears throat> they had huge games last time. I, I read a AFL article recently where it kind of listed your uh like it listed, your you your team and then it had the players from other teams who played the best against you. And yeah. Geelong's was Connor Rosie. Yeah. Uh just in his short career, yeah, right. Uh, he's performed the best against Geelong, yeah, yeah. Against, uh, compared to any other player playing yeah. Geelong. And uh, so he, yeah, he kicked the five goals one last time round. It was amazing. What was it? Three or four goals in the in first, first. first? Yeah, first yeah,
1: it was four. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, incredible. And just
0: ridiculous. And he took the free kick when Marshall got subbed out for concussion. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, that yeah. was a bit of a gimme, but and that came in a timely manner. That was just after the buyer he was looking fairly tired before mm. the bye in the Fremantle game particularly just looked, just, like, yeah, just looked like yeah just looked like he was struggling so yeah. he had the week off and he just blitzed it a, yeah, a big criticism of him earlier in the season pre-bye was that he was kind of going to ground fairly easily not keeping his feet yeah. and not taking the opposition on yeah he came out in that game and like every time he got near the ball it was like something happened yeah. and that's been more of a feature in his back end of the season. Yeah, right? I
1: think even from that game, um, he found something in himself. Yeah. And he's just been able to, yeah, turn it on straight away. Or not straight away, but every other time since.
0: Yeah, exactly. He needed that week off about a month or so ago. Uh, he had a little niggle. Yeah. And then his doubled down. Yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. In. Yeah. Um, really working all over the ground and, and again, I've mentioned before, like when he gets the ball, like in that showdown that we watched yeah. together and, and last week, like when he when he's near the ball, like I can just imagine opposition fans and, and support um like coaches and players just kind of panicking. On yeah. Ball. He's just got that kind of Aura about him at yeah. the moment, like he's just super smart. He attends ten
1: squad yeah. for us against the Bulldogs. Kind, kind of like the, the same way uh, Robbie Gray would have that effect on other people. Yeah, when yeah. he gets the ball, he Absolutely. just go fuck. What's he gonna do? Like, <laughs> so, mind yeah. my yeah. language, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and and,
0: uh, and we have both of them exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you gotta love it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah those X factor players. Um, yeah. No, they're. Well,
0: and I was after Robbie did his injury in his two fiftieth against Gold Coast. Yeah, you know, they said, "Oh, he most likely come back in the last round." and yeah. he's actually ahead of schedule. He came back yeah. a couple of weeks before. Yeah, that. and oh, but I was still sceptical. Like coming back pretty late in the season, like, is he going to be in as good a form? Yeah, as we kind of all know about Robbie. Yeah, and Robbie was chipping in with his you know his two goals here and there a game and yeah, and impacting. He wasn't in like best and fairest category yeah that's like it that. yeah but the, wow, that game against bulldogs on the weekend like he's just built, and built over the, yeah. the last few <clears> weeks and that's amazing like, yeah absolutely replicate that yeah uh, again we might even see him in the first set of bounce. yeah before, and uh, on friday night yeah uh,
1: just on what you said before um like yeah you know bokeh and wines have had incredible games yeah. almost the whole year out i think bokeh had a, a little bit of a quiet first couple of games but Regardless, but yeah, you know, Robbie's had score involvements with some. You know, he kicked, uh, I think he kicked the bag in one this year or, or four, I could be wrong. But then there's been some where he's just, you know, he's, he's been you know, around. He's not being been. Being a
0: small forward, it's hard to impact every single time.
1: Exactly, yeah. But yeah, like last week, yeah, it was just like even hotter than the week before where he yeah. was just warming up. And it's just like, yeah. now we've got finals for you, Robbie. Perfect timing, the timing rather than getting know, it last week. And, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Don't want to be lulled into a false sense of security. I'm feeling really yeah. confident about this game on Friday. Just yeah. for some of the things that we've touched on, like Geelong are old, whether that's going to affect them late if we yeah. can stick around the mark. Yeah. Early, especially early. Yeah. Um,
1: and just yeah, just the matchups that just
0: yeah. Yeah, like with our forward line coming into some great form, evenly, and their defense yeah. having a few key figures out. Yeah. Having to shuffle the deck. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, if we're thereabouts, if we start well, I guess again, uh, I haven't even written this down in my notes, but it was my, you know, my biggest note in my preview for the Bulldogs game. We can't let them get off the chain. It's as yes. simple as that because we're a good finishing team. Yeah. We're much like Melbourne in that in that regard. Yeah, uh, we have been able to finish games off well recently yeah but so some criticisms earlier in the year was been build a lead and then sat yeah on it. yeah i feel that was strategic yeah i don't know what your feelings are yeah i didn't
1: really read into it too much yeah um an yeah footy's footy yeah, yeah that's it
0: yeah i i felt i probably looked a bit deeper i, I tend to do that yeah um,
1: yeah
0: that like because i've mentioned before that poor adelaide Especially in the Ken Hingley era, um, we start like a bull out of the gate in yeah. the season. Yeah. And then come the end of the year, we seem kind of tired. Yeah. Whereas I feel for most of the first half of this season in particular, we were knowing how good we are as a team, building those leads and yeah. conserving energy yeah. to cash in this time of the year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Richmond, Geelong, and their successful time periods, yeah, they talk about building a season and
1: Yeah. up into the final series. I think it happened with with Richmond and Geelong last year. They both started a little bit slow and they both ended up in the grand final. Richmond, every time they
0: won a grand final, started slow. Yeah, there you go. Finished with 7-0, 8-0 Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it, exactly. Uh,
0: So to finish off with the forward line, we kind of went off on another tangent there, but no fantasia last time against Geelong. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Like, <laughs> yeah. it further just adds to that potent mix. And yeah. Like, yeah, like, Dixon has kind of been used as a bit of a decoy. So, the last couple of weeks where he's not being beaten as a forward. Yet. Yeah. He had a low game against Keith on yeah. Friday night. But he didn't get beaten.
1: No, he still had a goal on the board.
0: The no, he didn't get a goal oh, on he? Friday. Um. But he's not getting outmarked. He's bringing it to ground. Yeah. For... Uh, our small forwards, and Fantasia, yeah. some of his crumbs this year have yeah. just been phenomenal. Yeah, like yeah. Like, just splitting through a pack yeah. at speed. And yeah, yeah, for a goal. yeah. Like it's ridiculous. When you see it live. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Just seeing where he comes from
1: Yeah,
0: to get the ball, yeah. uh, it's amazing. So, we didn't have him last time. So, Connor Rosie got off the chain. Dixon had a great game. He kicked four goals. And I just – I'd like to just highlight that because, again, a criticism on Dixon for – Idiots who don't pay attention is that he doesn't perform against good teams well. He yeah. Can get four goals each time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's it exactly. You know, he, he's finished the league off with the most contested marks. Yeah, yeah, one. exactly. So, like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dixon. Whether they do, I mean, being their lack of defensive key posts, I would imagine that a few players go to him again. Yeah, that's it that exactly. Yeah. Effort.
1: But the thing is, if they're going to do that, are they going to fall into the same trap that's happened? Like you said, he's being a decoy. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of the thing about Dixon is if he's not a decoy, then that means they're probably going to keep... Yeah, if he's not a decoy, he's getting goals. That's more of what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, like, what do you do? And I
0: mentioned previously that, like a few years ago, you would have laughed if someone said that we'd ever use Dixon as a decoy. Yeah. But now, with such a
1: reliable uh, f- uh, forward line yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um D- georgia artist kicking 32 goals as yeah. a 19 year old even though we predict him not to play yeah you've got Marshall laddams and then all of our small w- uh, small forwards yeah we have that luxury now. yeah exactly and yeah like, i'm not comparing dixon to buddy franklin but i've i've heard like luke hodge and yeah uh, jordan lewis say that in one of their premierships they used franklin as a decoy as a decoy yeah because because they had Ruffhead yeah. as well, who was a phenomenal forward. In yeah,
1: yeah, draft. absolutely. But obviously, you know, Buddy yeah. Franklin's going to want to kick all these goals. It's grand final and day. Knowing
0: that uh, the opposition would put a lot of time into Franklin. Yeah, he's,
1: he's an amazing. Player. He's Franklin. Like, he's Buddy, Buddy Donald, Franklin. Yeah. yeah. But,
0: and like I said, I'm not comparing Dixon to to Franklin or anything like that. But
1: it's that same it's, big forward. Yeah. You know, and if you've got that kind of sleeve to play. Mm. You Why might not? As well play it. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah going for
0: you, like it did against yeah. Carlton, who were an average opposition. Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't know that he was a decoy until I heard Chad Corn say that on the radio. Yeah. So again, I don't know if he was a decoy against the Bulldogs. Maybe yeah. He was maybe he wasn't? Maybe I'm not getting. Yeah, that's but it exactly. It's a final, and we've seen what Charlie Dixon can do at his best in a final. Yeah. Against West Coast, kicking three goals a million. Yeah. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, and he, he, He's looked a bit injured at times, but I'm yeah. hoping that he can really turn it on and yeah. just break the game open, especially against the yeah. minor uh, deficiencies in, in defence. So, He's ready
1: for a big game, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. We we won tackles inside 50 against Geelong last time, which is a great indicator of forward pressure. Yeah, Albeit, yeah, we were losing on turnover, and, and, and when they did get it outside of 50, they were hurting us. But well, we lost marks inside 50. So if we can turn that ledger around, a la Charlie Dixon and yeah. Peter Adams, Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, taking those contested marks and reducing the amount of contested marks that are Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron and the like get. So, yeah. again, it's going to go a long way to us. Absolutely. the game. Okay. So, moving on to the game prediction. So, I... All things being said, as we've spoken about today, Geelong are a very finals-experienced team, very finals-hardened. But I feel that we're getting them at a a good time. I I feel that their form has been wavering, and I feel that we're coming into our best at the right time of the year. I I don't know if it's kind of blind faith. Uh, There's obviously a bit of bias there with it being... Port supporters and doing a Port Adelaide podcast. But I truly believe that, yeah, if we can beat them in the middle and surge it forward, I feel our forward line is way too potent for them to control. And uh, I feel that our defensive effort from forward, middle, all the way back to the defence will be a lot tighter than it was last time. It turned into a shootout, as we've mentioned. I, I just feel that we would be at least a one goal per quarter better team so in that in that regard I'm gonna predict port by four goals <clears throat> being a final look it can yeah we we could get on the other end of it uh, if we don't fix up those two main statistics in contested possession and clearance but um yeah I uh, I'm quite confident uh, like I said uh, I feel that we're we're going at we're going on all, all cylinders yeah. at the right time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Geelong, Geelong's form over the last five weeks, um, yeah. yeah, has left a bit to be desired. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Look, looking at last week, um, going, up, was it going up against the Saints last week.
0: Before Melbourne, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so yeah, but it was Melbourne lost to Melbourne. Yeah, before that, it was Saints, and that was a tight one. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. Saints lost.
0: kicked the first five goals of that game. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, they, um, yeah, only just sort of fought back at the end there, but they lost to the Giants before, who were a little bit up and down, leading into that point, weren't weren't? Really yeah, sure. that was a surprise at the time. Yeah, and then before that, it was North Melbourne, who were winning for the first half,
0: um, you know, in their wooden spooners. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, it's a long, like, yeah, it's you know, very it's precarious, like, yeah, very precarious. Running. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm feeling good. It's going to be a good day, too. Like, I checked the weather, and it's going to be 18 degrees and mostly sunny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I oh, just finals football, you want to be around. It's great to talk about port in finals football two years in a row, that's fantastic in its own right. But I feel that with the lessons that we learned last season, this whole group has got that other finals experience to draw back on and, uh, yeah, most of our young players in this game, which is going to be vital because Geelong have many senior heads, as we've spoken about. My best on ground prediction is Ollie Wines. So I've doubled up on Ollie Wines two weeks in a row For people who read my blog cast on Friday, they would know that I picked Ollie Wines. Being our best finals player, as voted in last year's Best and Fairest, he's in the form of his life and is primed for uh, this time around. Being our best on ground uh, for Port last time against Geelong in round 13 and being our third best on ground behind Tom Rockliffe and Hamish Harler in last year's qualifying final two. Excuse me. I just, yeah, I, I feel like, there's nothing that can really stop him at the moment. He was just running on top of the ground and, and owned it on yeah. Friday night. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably chip in with a goal, I would imagine. He he seems to be helping out in that yeah, regard that's lately. It. So yeah, he has his rest up front. So yeah, uh, you know, I'm definitely not that. This has anything to do with the uh, the regular season or the brown low Isn't you know doesn't take into account finals. But yeah, he's had a great year, and I'm hoping for a. I first pulled Adelaide Brownlow medalist uh, in the AFL because uh, yeah, as you would know, it's a, it will afford me a nice little payout. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, finals doesn't count, and I, I just I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make is he's in some fantastic form and he doesn't look like he can be stopped. So my biggest improver, I've got Charlie Dixon. He he was well held versus the Western Bulldogs on Friday night. Again, I don't know if it was a decoy or if he just had an off night, but Charlie Dixon generally doesn't play two bad games yeah, in a row. So, nice. And with their lack of uh, key post, uh, key defender, if we're winning it in the middle, we're giving him the best opportunity, especially one-on-one. Yeah. I feel it's a night prime for him to, to yeah rip it apart, like I, we mentioned in the forward wrap a little bit uh, he kicked four goals against Geelong in round thirteen, so yeah. uh, the evidence is there, and I'm predicting him to yeah put last week away and and really lift. He's yeah it, been a bit looking a bit injured, I guess yeah. you could say, but yeah, three three more games for the season, and then he yeah. can rest. Yeah, <laughs> T- touch wood, uh, just push through it runs through literally every opposition player you see, yeah. and yeah. So, so Those one-handed marks that we like to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matthew Lloyd on Footy Classified highlighted that the other night and said oh. it's a flaw in his game, but there was a couple of points made by Port fans, like saying that he has to take those one-handed marks because people are generally holding on to him and yeah. he's not getting a free kick for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the other thing is that uh, he does a practice drill, I don't know if you've seen, uh, he does it with Chad Corns before every game, where Chad Corns literally stands like a few metres away from him and and ditches footballs at him, and the drill is him catching it one hand. Yeah, right. It's just ridiculous. He Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I I don't know if we mentioned it before, but yeah, the um, Geelong defence most likely going to group yeah, on So, uh, yeah, he's going to have to probably take a one-handed mark or yeah, two. that's
1: it. Yeah, I don't think I can counter the predictions too much. Um, yeah, port by four goals is a pretty good prediction, I think. Even anything maybe three. Um, yeah, yeah. A little bit less, so bit, a bit tighter yeah. there, um, just because it's final footy, um, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a good point. Even if Geelong don't, sh- you know, show up with all, uh, firing on all cylinders, I think it's a close margin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best on ground, Ollie Wines. Um, I touched off there. maybe Travis Boak. Um, if he doesn't get the tag, he's been getting some he- high possessions lately. I mean yeah, most of the year anyway. But yep. yeah, he just twenty one like... in
0: the first half on Friday night. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible.
1: Uh, just yeah, judging by his uh interview that he had earlier in the week, he's just loving playing footy um, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I great to be see.
1: If he came out, especially against Geelong. He's got that rela- that past relationship. Yeah, with that Geelong history and, and stuff. You know, it'd just be good to come out and just say, "Screw you guys, we're taking this."
0: Year. Yeah, and I mentioned in my review pod that he's kind of, especially the last couple of weeks, he's playing like his life depended on a little bit. Yeah. And like seeing Robbie in the middle as well. Yeah. Like those are the two. Like we want to win a premiership, and we want to yeah, win exactly. one now. Like yeah. yeah,
1: like. We don't want to leave next year, but whenever we do, this, yeah. we want to have that medal
0: around us. I, I kind of had this thought today that like, hypothetically, if we were to get to the grand final, that like, Bokey takes the captain's address before yeah. he came, yeah. instead of Jonas, because yes. it's like, it's that whole thing, like, you know, yeah. like, in my first year, I got to a grand final, and we, we got pantsed, and yeah. it's taken this long to yeah. get back here, so yeah. let's... Yeah, let's yeah, play but if,
1: if we if we were to get it, I don't want to say too much, but it would be poetic for Bogey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The case. And like, like my just said. Yeah, and my yeah. pilot episode of this podcast was just me talking about Travis for yeah. half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the basis of me uh, yeah. finally taking the plunge into the podcast world. Yeah. Like yeah, I've you know, like yeah, we were going to the football win oh seven and yeah. That's his de- debut year and, yeah. I, you know, we've lived our whole seen, footy lives with with Travis Boat. Yeah, yeah, he kind of signifies our yeah football lives a little bit and, yeah, yeah really love the grand final. But Absolutely. we've got a job to do first. We've got to win this qualifying final. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, then, oh, yeah, the biggest improver, um, yeah, it's, it's Charlie Dixon because I don't think anyone has much improving to do from last week. <clears throat> no one had... Too bad of a game. No nah. bad game at all. Yeah. Um, Dixon was just kept quiet. So, down at as well. I think he'll improve because one goal is an
0: improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's only so, up from there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, moving on to my best bet. So, for those who have been following my best bets, as you would know, we're four from four up until this point since introducing the segment. Uh, I've had a look at the markets and we're actually favorites for this game. Uh, we're $1.70 and Geelong are at about $2.10, which is kind of a flip of how yeah. it matched up against the Bulldogs on Friday night. Um, so in the, with that being said, the line is at negative like six points or something the last time I checked uh, for us. So as we've mentioned in our match prediction, like we're both predicting a win and by a few goals, which would clear that line. However, being a final, being Geelong, uh who have been a bunny side more or less over historically for us uh in the last 10 years yeah it could go the other way so i'm not really happy with that one Uh, it looks like that the bookies have learned to reduce dan houston's 20 plus disposal mark because we cashed in a couple of times there uh (laughs) yeah yeah. so you can't attack him anymore but i'm gonna go after total game points for this one. Obviously, our matchup in round 13 netted about 200 points total, which I believe is a bit of an anomaly. Uh, I've looked at the points line for total match points in this game, and it's at 151.5. So we're going to go under 151.5, which is $1.88 at Sportsbet the last time I checked. And I've looked over the last five matches between Port and Geelong and taking out the game in round 13 all matches fell under that 150 point mark. And being a final, we expect it to be fairly low scoring and to go along with Geelong's general uh, game strategy. Uh, fairly confident in, in that one there. So yeah, we'll see how we go and hopefully go five from five. Uh, as always, you know, gamble responsibly. Don't bet anything more than you're willing to lose. i go with a bankroll system, but that's a whole another topic altogether. And I don't necessarily want to turn this completely into a a betting podcast. (laughs) So that's all from me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining in, Aaron. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Had a bit of fun, (laughs) (laughs) both on and off air. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We definitely had
1: some technical issues.
0: Um, Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we say goodbye?
1: Um, no, yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, just wanted uh, while while we're here, first game of the finals round, uh, do you have any wild, crazy predict- predictions for any team going into the finals? Uh,
0: wild, crazy predictions. Well, I mean, Bulldogs have kind of been wild and crazy in the way that they've <laughs> finished, and they're coming up against a red-hot Essendon. So, I mean, that game is really interesting. And Because
1: mm. like... I wouldn't have expected either of those teams to make it past the first round, but they're playing each other. Yeah uh, right. And like yeah, I, I think the whole majority of the country, whether you like us or not, you know, you know, we we want them to win one final. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get much further than that. Um, but yeah, you know, break that streak. Yeah, you know, yeah. Else.
0: Well, so it's interesting. So you've got Essendon who are looking to break that drought of finals wins, mm. or Bulldogs who are looking to break a three-game losing streak. Yeah. yeah and if exactly. they don't, then they're out. Yeah. Like, but with yeah, that I being said, I in a Port Adelaide sense, I don't actually fear anyone. Obviously, maybe yeah. except for Brisbane. Melbourne, I think their lack of finals experience may yeah. get them. And well, I went to Dad's on Friday night and he mentioned I'd probably prefer to play Melbourne in a prelim. Mm. And I kind of and Geelong in a qualifier. And yeah. that's how it's worked out because Melbourne are still riding hot. <laughs> On their form. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like it happened in 2018, they had a really good season and then met West Coast in the preliminary and they kind of choked up a little bit because they, I I guess it's more the bottom six (coughs) of the uh, 22 on match day. Yeah. It generally determines win loss, especially in finals. So, yeah. Your top six to eight players, they can't see each other out because they'll play good games. You can really yeah. bank on that, but it's yeah. bottom six who will probably separate you. from. Yeah, yeah, right. And I just feel that Melbourne's bottom six aren't as proficient as ours, as longs yeah. as Brisbane's as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So yeah, drawing it back to Port Adelaide, I'm actually fairly confident this season. I feel that we've got just the right amount of experience yeah. in our 22, our yeah. best 22. Uh, match experience and finals experience, and our bottom six is probably the best in the top eight, looking at uh, the other teams in the top eight. So yeah, I, we play the, if we lose, we play the winner of Sydney versus GWS. Yep. GWS are in some pretty good form, but I'd probably prefer to play them. I feel that they're capable of beating Sydney. Yeah. But I probably prefer
1: to play them. Yeah. Um, just when...
0: Sydney have got Buddy. Um, yeah. It's just a yeah, it's such a key
1: figure. You just turn it on and Yeah, it's... Sydney are just that team, like yeah, when they turn up they turn up and you never really know. Um I haven't really been watching them yeah. in the last half of the year. In fact most of the year to be honest. Um but yeah, you never know. You honestly don't.
0: Sydney had a good culture and yeah. they've done really well. But yeah. again, they're bottom six. They've had, they've had a few key injuries as of late. So yeah. Yeah, a, a lot of these teams, except for Melbourne probably, have yeah. suffered some crucial injuries. and, and at the worst. I don't really feel threatened by them. they yeah. at the end of the year, but I feel they're very 2013 poor. Where you know if you had a good year you make the eight, but yeah. you take it as experience, and you probably get knocked out.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, I yeah, Brisbane probably scares me the most just because we yeah had some pretty average games against them. Yeah, every time I played them over the last few years.
1: That's it. Thankfully, so, we're not meeting them at the Gabba. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. If anything, yeah, yeah, it'll be. Oh, I can't think of how the equation works out off the top of my head. It'll either be in the prelim or the grand final yeah. if we play them. But
1: uh, yeah, yeah. No, to cap it off, I agree. Uh, I think we're a pretty good contender. We yeah, just fell short on the hundred fiftieth. So yeah, and
0: having that sting from the preliminary
1: final. Exactly. Yeah. On like I just said, the hundred fiftieth year. You yeah. know, we all really wanted it to happen. Yeah, I lines. think. Yeah. You know the, the 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 head players like Jonas, Bokey, Robbie Gray, all that. Yeah.
0: And there's no Richmond They're, they're fighting for their lives in yeah, a way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's no Richmond to come up against this year. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dustin Martin. Um, which it's it's interesting. It leaves yeah. every team an opportunity, yeah. really. But I feel that we've got the most rounded team, I feel that we've got their the best bottom six, as I mentioned yeah. before, and we're in some really good healthy form. So yeah, um,
1: See how we go, I suppose. My wild
0: well prediction is port to play Brisbane grand final and, and we win by 40-odd points. Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> nice. I don't have any grand final crazy predictions. I, yeah. you know,
0: I do think um, that the top four will probably yeah. be the four in the prelims. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any fantasy or yeah. any you know, fairy as yeah. it's usually used. So, And now that Brisbane have got themselves in that opportunity, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a sucker for a milestone and um, and that sort of thing as well, though. So I'd I not I'd love to see Giants in the grand final because, you know, Giants and Gold Coast still haven't reached it yet. Um, yeah. You know, that, that'd be cool. But outside of that, yeah. go Port. Yeah, yeah
0: I'll, I'll knock back on your question and say if Port weren't to make it, which we're both obviously hoping that they do, but if Port yeah. weren't to make it, do you have
1: a prediction for who will play in the grand final and who you'd yeah, want to win? Yeah, um, my prediction to play in the grand final, I think it would probably be Melbourne and Brisbane at this stage um, if, if we weren't in there. Yeah. And I'd honestly want Melbourne to win. I've, I've liked Melbourne for years. And I think similar to Essendon with finals, it's been Melbourne with a whole year. Yeah. They've never done well. And then this year, last year, not so bad. I mean, in the last sort of five years, you've seen them touch on greatness, and then they've just fell short halfway through the year, and then just yeah. gone, gone to nothing. But last year, you know, they all they got that taste, and this year, it's just been really great to see a team that's done terrible for so long <laughs> actually have consistency for yeah. almost the whole year. Yeah. So I'd love to see them get up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as you would know, our friend and ex housemate Jackson, uh, he's. Big Melbourne supporter, yeah, so,
1: avid Melbourne supporter,
0: so, yeah, which is rare, yeah, SA in particular, but yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be great for him. Uh, but that's an interesting prediction because they obviously play each other in the, the qualifier on Saturday, so yeah, yeah so it
1: would mean one needs, coming um, back over. whoever loses, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I suppose that's the benefits of the top four. But I'm
0: kind of with you, like, I'd probably be happy for Melbourne out yeah. of anyone, yeah, probably, yeah, Melbourne, yeah. if it wasn't to be poor. Um, so yeah, all right, well, cool. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. No, all good. Uh, happy, to happy to be here. To tonight's episode. Uh, yeah. But for those of you listening, thanks again for listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to my thoughts and opinions and Aaron's thoughts and opinions tonight. If you haven't liked me on Facebook, I'd really appreciate you doing so. I'm posting a few things every two or three days during the week and would love a bit of conversation. If you're listening to me on any of the major podcast platforms, I'd really appreciate a rate and review. It would help me getting up and hopefully getting in front of more Port Adelaide fans to listen to my content and tell your friends. But uh, without further ado, we'll end it there and sign off. As always, go the power. Go the power. Hopefully you get a ticket. I'll be uh, trying to keep my blood alcohol volume under wraps. I've oh got
1: everything crossed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> Bye for now.
1: Say ya.